0: The rates have gone up, so now those operators stuck with short-term bridge debt, which is really, really expensive, they can no longer roll into conventional financing, like they're, they're basically stuck. Are you a real estate investor looking to sharpen your skills or a newbie looking to become one? You're in the right place. Welcome to Where Should I Invest? Real Estate Investing in Canada with your host, Sarah Larby.
1: Welcome back. It's Sarah Larby. You are listening to Where Should I Invest? And today we have Seth Ferguson. We're going to be talking about multifamily. And we're also going to be speaking about his upcoming conference in May. If uh, you haven't bought a ticket yet in the show notes, there's also a discount coupon that you can apply. So check that out. But uh, before we do that, first, let's hear from Dahlia Barsoom from Streetwise Mortgages on this week's financing tip.
2: Dahlia, over to you. Hi, I'm Dahlia, founder of Streetwise Mortgages. If you're currently feeling overwhelmed by the uncertainty in the real estate market and the sheer volume and pace of news relating to the lending, the credit, and the real estate landscape, I want you to know that you are not alone. I'm reaching out today to help you mute down the noise and also share with you a few key things that you need to be aware of heading into the next 12 months. This way you can make an informed, not an emotional decision with respect to rates if you are planning on purchasing a property and uh, we're currently definitely seeing momentum on that front or refinancing, or if you have a renewal coming up. First, let me paint a picture of the backdrop of the rate environment. Number one, the Bank of Canada signaled holding off any further increases to the overnight rate, and it did confirm its position by not raising the rates during the last Bank of Canada meeting. Inflation is easing up based on the CPI trends, although the labor market remains tight. Also, the collapse of the Silicon Valley Bank and the Credit Suisse in the U.S., has created extra uncertainty about the stability of the financial system in the US and overall global concerns relating to bank liquidity. So with this backdrop, the rate hike cycle in Canada appears to have finally ended. And I know this is comforting for many. And currently the market is expecting that the next move by the Bank of Canada To be a rate cut, likely in Q2 of 2024 and potentially sooner. Having said that, no one really knows the exact timing, but what we know is that a rate cut is now on the horizon. Cuts typically happen gradually to bring prime rate down, and they happen over time, and what's expected is that the Cuts will eventually bring prime rate down by 100 to 200 points. Um, we will unlikely see prime go back to what it used to be before the pandemic, unless something significant uh, happens and triggers that. Also, fixed rates have dropped over the past few weeks as the bond markets uh, reacted to the uncertain credit environment. Right now, there is something really funky going on with rates. If you look up the fixed rate mortgages, you'll see that the one and the two and the three and the four and the five-year fixed terms are lower than where the five-year variable rate is currently. And the longer the term goes, the lower the fixed rate is. So that's an interesting uh, observation. Also, the banking regulators in both Canada and the U.S. are proposing changes that will result in tighter lending overall. So what does all of this really mean to you? Number one, given that a cut by the Bank of Canada is now on the horizon, I invite you to consider riding the the rate roller coaster as it goes down, as this will save you interest and will help your cash flow. So how do you do that? Here is how you do it. If you're currently on an adjustable rate mortgage, as much as it's been painful for you to stay with an adjustable rate mortgage because your payments have gone up significantly as the Bank of Canada increased the overnight rate, sticking with your adjustable rate mortgage means that your monthly payment will go down immediately as soon as the Bank of Canada starts to cut down the over night rates, and it will continue to do so every time the Bank of Canada cuts the overnight rate. If you're currently on a variable rate mortgage where the payment is fixed, but the allocation beneath the surface changes between interest and principal payments as the rates change, you will need to check your lender's policy because there is no guarantee that your monthly payment will go down as the rates go down. So if you want your payment to go down, uh, consider switching to an adjustable rate mortgage. And definitely, in my view, I wouldn't suggest that you get into a variable rate product with a fixed payment right now because you're going to like that payment at the height of the cycle unless the lender's policy says that they will adjust the payment as the rates go down. If you're going to make a new rate decision because of a renewal, a purchase, or an equity takeout, you may be tempted right now to take a long-term fixed-rate mortgage because the rates are lower and they are also cheaper in the long term. And while that may serve you well in the short run, it will hinder your ability to benefit from lower payments when the rate starts to come down. So consider a one-year fixed or a variable rate mortgage. Now, although I'm sharing with you the overall rate strategy, your final rate decision should be within the context of your financial situation and your personal plans as well as the plans that you have for the property. This is why it is really important that you consult with a mortgage advisor to assess the suitability of the mortgage product and the term based on your individual plans and circumstances. Number two, With the tighter lending guidelines on the horizon, consider increasing liquidity and restructuring any expensive debts that you may have. You can increase liquidity by setting up a secured line of credit or increasing an existing one that you have. Also, restructuring debts now will help you enhance how your balance sheet would look like for any future financing that is needed under tighter guidelines. My team and myself are here to help you. We are here to help you make the right and most informed rate decision as you move forward. We're just an email away. Email us at info at streetwisemortgages.com. We are here to support your success and help you move forward with certainty in this uncertain environment. Awesome. Thanks
1: so much, Dahlia. And, uh, and guys, thanks for tuning into the podcast. Keep in mind, there's lots of events, lots of things happening. Uh, it is fun to, you know, network, meet others, meet other like-minded individuals, learn, grow, get out of your comfort zone. Uh, so we have not only a golf tournament and events that we're doing on evenings at Hagerty's. Um, and if you want to come to any evenings just make sure that you're registered for my email list because I do mention them we also have some different retreats and some different things happening at the resort so uh, if you are looking to grow get out of your comfort zone do something new um, I'll tell you you know the best uh, opportunity is to put the right information in your mind as you're listening to this podcast but ultimately Take that, make decisions, take action. Um, and hopefully, you know, in five years and 10 years, you're gonna look back and you're gonna be happy with the investments that you made in your learning, in your growing, in the opportunity to not be, you know, exactly in your same spot in five years or 10 years from now. So if you need any help, reach out. My email is Sarah at dot My Instagram, my only Instagram for my name is at investor Sarah Larby. Um and on that note, I goes I hope you guys enjoy the podcast with Seth Ferguson. And this is all about multifamily today. Seth, welcome to the show. How are you?
0: I am fabulous. <laughs> How's it going with you?
1: Good. While you're saying that, you're probably thinking of all the planning that you've got to do for this upcoming multifamily conference. Uh, it is gonna be huge, but I will say, you know, for somebody that I mean, I know how hard it is to put a conference together. I mean, we did it on a smaller scale. Uh, I'm still doing it myself as well uh, on a smaller scale, but you're like going all out with, with this conference.
0: Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like Katie's got my schedule in like 15 minute blocks. So every 15 minutes is accounted for from morning until night. So it's pretty crazy.
1: I mean, that's, uh, that's, that's incredible. Now, you know what, while we are on the topic, let's just talk uh, about the multifamily conference, what it is and, uh, and who's coming and why somebody listening to this may want to also attend.
0: Yeah. So, so basically the the conference came out of, um, I, I felt the lack of uh, educational material in the Canadian marketplace specific to apartment building investing. Like when I was making the transition from single family home stuff into multifamily, I was like, there's nothing in the country, really, uh, where you can go and where they have like top tier speakers and and you get everybody together. So that's that's where it came out, uh, came out of. Uh, So this year, like we are Canada's largest real estate investing conference. Like we're like we're really big. Uh, Last year was great coming out of COVID. Uh, This year we got, uh, I think, an even better lineup. So we got like Grant Cardone coming in. uh, Alex Rodriguez, like most people know him from baseball, Shark Tank. Um, but also with real estate, like, he you know, he has uh, about 15,000 uh, apartment units in his portfolio. Janet LePage, she, uh, she's the CEO of the largest foreign investor into the U.S. multifamily market. Uh, we got Brad zoomrock Like, you, the list goes on. Like, we've, we've got a star-studded lineup. Um, so basically, if you are in the multifamily uh, investing space or if you're looking to scale up your portfolio, like, you need to come to this conference. It is the biggest event in the country happening this year.
1: Amazing. I'm excited. Um, I remember going last year and uh, I can only imagine, you know, now with uh, you know, a whole other one coming, we're out of the pandemic. Uh, you know, it's going to be a, a great, great experience. So, um, you know, what about the networking? Like, what can we expect uh, from a networking standpoint?
0: Yeah. So th- one of the most common uh, comments I got, because my phone blew up for a couple of weeks after last year's conference, was that everybody was talking about the high quality of the people in the room. Uh, so like, Oh, like these, these people were actually really cool to talk to Like they, they got this, this, this. So if you're listening right now and you're looking for a potential investor, if you're looking for a potential partner, if you're looking for a potential de- deal source, whatever it is, there are, I promise you, there are other people in the room. We've got thousands of them looking for you. So it, it's all about uh, matching. It's kind of like uh dating for real estate investors. But whatever you're looking for, I guarantee you, there's somebody else in the room looking for you. Uh, So the networking is the main thing. And that's why, you know, with COVID and everything, like everybody went online for all these virtual uh, events, the real networking, like the real connections happen in person and that's why I'm very stubborn and we do not have a virtual ticket for this event. Uh, You have to show up because I truly, truly believe like that's where you actually make an impact um, face-to-face
1: no i I agree as well. There's nothing like networking in person, and I think uh you know attending various events, including this one, it's nice to see familiar faces, reconnect with people like I think that that was my favorite part of it last year uh was the networking reconnecting, getting to know people meet people um you know and, and of course, there's great speakers I'm not gonna you know take away from that but me personally, I, I love the networking part. And, you know, that's that's probably the predominant reason why I go to many networking events is or or you know, meetups or or conferences or whatever you want to call them is to connect in person with like-minded individuals.
0: Yeah. And last year we had every state except Alaska and every province uh represented. And this year it's the same thing. So we've got people that are coming from all over. So, the one cool thing is, you know, uh, if you're focused on one specific market, you may end up talking with somebody who's running a slightly different strategy in a similar market and you can learn from that. Or maybe somebody can introduce you to an opportunity in a market that you didn't really hadn't really considered before. Like, there's so many different uh, opportunities to expand your mind and how you think about real estate. Like, when you come to this event, like we had people last year, one guy, Um, he emailed me a couple of weeks, sorry, two months ago. Um, He came in, he thought he was basically retired. He was done. He was set for life with his real estate portfolio. He came to the conference. He's like, oh crap, like these people are doing even more. So he's basically 3X his real estate portfolio since last year's conference, uh, just because he saw what else was possible. He had no idea. Like he thought he had tapped out and now he's just gone. Gangbusters and uh, and is growing and is growing even more. So that's the type of experience I I'm looking for uh, for our attendees. Like I want to show you what else is possible, what you can do, and really open your eyes.
1: Amazing. All right, cool. Well, that's uh, that's awesome. So we're going to add a link uh, with a coupon code, um, and it's going to be Sarah all capital uh, on the show notes. So if you do want to get a ticket, and I believe it's a ten percent discount, right? That uh, my listeners get.
0: That's right, but make sure you get your ticket now because last year, Platinum sold out, VIP sold out. Um, we are sold out of VIP. I actually put my personal like, block of tickets up mm-hmm. for sale now and then Platinum, we're like 80% sold out now. So you gotta act quick uh, because last year there were some people who were disappointed.
1: Absolutely. Okay, cool. Um, so multifamily, I mean, multifamily seems like it's now even more so making more and more sense to go that route. Um, a, you know, the new MLI select program with CMHC that a few people, I'm sure that our listeners have heard me uh rave about recently. But I also think based on the rates that we're at right now, the interest rates, the prices, um, it does make more sense to go the multifamily route, whether that's bigger, larger multifamilies or that's conversions. Um, you know, I love the conversions as well. Um, it could be a you know three, four unit conversions, it could be multiple. Uh, you know, we're working on a 22 unit uh, conversion as well. So it, it really depends. But I think that is where uh, the, you know, the next, I would say two to three years where it likely makes sense to really focus efforts uh, and acquisitions on. What are your thoughts about that versus single family?
0: Yeah, like I can just speak for my own personal experience. Like I, I remember we had this one duplex and the, the drain out to the sewer, um, a tree root had gone through it. And it was causing like backups in the basement uh, apartment and all that kind of stuff. And when we got it looked at the replace, like the repair cost was $8,000. And that basically wiped out three years of cash flow (laughs) for this one property, right? Because we were in a major, we were in the GTA in a, in a pretty hot market. We had lots of equity available, but we couldn't access it because of the financing uh, requirements for residential real estate. Like it, like that, is, that, in itself, is a case study for why I got out of that and switched over to multifamily. The financing is way better um, with the commercial multifamily. Um, the cash flow is a whole lot stronger. Like, I don't like Sarah. Do you know a business where if 50% of the revenue disappeared overnight, they would survive in a business? Not many, no. but th- that's the case. Like, if you have a duplex in love, yeah, if your tenant moves out in a duplex, like 50% of your revenue is gone. Uh, So to to me, when I started learning about apartments, like when I first started, I thought apartments, you had to be super rich. You had to be a big life insurance company or a big corporation to actually think about, thinking about owning an apartment building. I was really wrong. Uh, But once I started learning more, uh, more and more about it, I was like, oh, you know what? Like this makes a whole lot of sense. Like, why would I do a duplex when I could do, let's say a 10, 15, 20, 30 unit building, um, like the economies of scale are, are that much stronger. Um, and, and there's so many reasons to, to consider it. So, yeah, like for all the reasons I mentioned, like I, I had no idea about this kind of stuff. And that's why I created the conference to actually get the word out there and educate people, because, you know, I, I knew nothing and I had I had to learn the hard way.
1: And now just a quick pause to hear from the Midterm Rental Tip of the Week.
3: Aisha, over to you. Welcome to your Midterm Tip of the Week. This week, we will talk about the Midterm Income Analysis. We have created seven steps to help you analyze your property to see if it fits the midterm strategy. Step one, get your initial market grade. This can be obtained from AirDNA Co. This provides a seasonal score and allows you to see rental demand and decide whether it works for your midterm strategy. Step two, analyze the occupancy by property type and saturation risk. Compare occupancy rates with similar properties that have the similar number of beds. Look at the percentile and determine whether your property fits in the right area to be a midterm strategy. Step three, analyze potential monthly income. Take the average nightly rate and times it by the average occupancy. You can also compare this to the long-term estimated income. Step four, analyze additional monthly expenses pertaining to midterm rentals. Awesome, guys. Reach out to midtermrentalproperties.com
1: for additional information. Back to the show. Yeah, absolutely. Now, are you able to share a little bit, like, you know, what you've been acquiring, what you've been purchasing, you know, since I guess the last conference, because like, you were you were heavy in the US multifamily uh, and, and I'm yeah. guessing you still are, but, you know, maybe just give us a, a synopsis of this past, I would say, 12 to 18 months.
0: Yeah, so we've got something really, really top secret. We are okay. um, launching at the conference. It's really, really exciting. Um, but yeah, it, it is focused in the US um, and we're we're looking in the Sun Delta uh, plus Texas. But uh, b- basically what we've created is uh, the most efficient way for Canadians uh, to invest in US uh, multifamily real estate. So, cause we've got cross-border taxation issues. And that was one of the things when we were speaking with our investors is like the, the way we were structured before, which is how most people do it, it's really complicated. And there's a lot of paperwork and, and all that kind of stuff. So we, we've created uh, what I feel is like the most efficient, you know, the most efficient, easy, simple way for Canadians to invest their Canadian dollars into U.S. multifamily deals. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I can't talk too, too, too much about it because it's a big surprise. Uh, but uh, I'm really, really excited for that uh, to go live um, in about a month's time.
1: Okay. All right, cool. So I won't ask too many questions about it. Then you guys will have to come out and, uh, and check it out. What about you yeah. personally? What are you acquiring? What are you buying? Are you still buying? Are you, are you going to this new route that you mentioned now? Or are you still like sourcing out you know, larger multifamilies in the U.S.?
0: Yeah, so I, our focus is still the the larger multifamilies, hundred units plus. That hasn't changed. Um, okay oh, right, sorry,
1: a hundred, a hundred units plus.
0: Yeah, so so okay. we're, we're going for for the bigger stuff, um, like mm-hmm. value add uh, deals, um, and uh, yeah, like like a, a couple of things to note over the past, let's say, six months or so, um, deal flow hasn't been very like strong because we've seen that market correction. Uh, so, but we are very very um, positive about the next six to eighteen months, the reason I say that is uh, right now we 've got a lot of operators who acquired their assets a year ago, two years ago, using bridge debt with with the business plan of you know renovating the units, rolling into conventional financing and holding for the long term but what 's happened now is you know uh, values have' gone down a little bit the rates have gone up. So now those operators stuck with short-term bridge debt, which is really, really expensive, they can no longer roll into conventional financing. Like they're, they're basically stuck. So they have two choices. Number one, they hold it and pump a whole lot of money into a losing asset. Or number two, um, they sell, cut their losses and move on. Um, so I, I think right now we're starting to see that with uh, some blood in the water. Um, and uh, you know we just had a big uh, foreclosure in, uh, in Houston. Um, I think more of that is coming and that's why, you know, uh, coupled with our top secret thing we're doing, uh, we are very, very uh, much looking forward to the next six to 18 months. uh, Because I think that's going to be prime season to pick up uh, some great assets that just really had the wrong type of debt on it.
1: Got it. And are you just uh, looking and buying in the U.S. or is there any action in Canada?
0: yeah for me personally there there's no action in canada we're we're strictly u s focused right now
1: okay all right so so obviously you've been doing uh you know quite a bit I mean even prior, I think you were still still acquiring quite a bit. Um, what are some challenges that you're seeing yourself that you've maybe experienced in the last you know year, year and a half as the market has changed as interest rates are are you know getting higher and higher? Because I think, you know, there's still a lot of just like rah-rah on the internet, on social media, and it's not all that all the time. And I think it's just important that people realize that people's cash flow, a lot of investors that have been in the game, is not where it used to be, especially if they were in variable rates. Doesn't mean that it's completely gone, but, you know, there are some properties likely in the red and there's going to be some properties that are you know, probably had some great cash flows that, that that aren't anymore. And and what are you potentially doing to mitigate it? But I don't, you know, I don't know if that's, an, uh, you know, something that you're experiencing, but maybe you could share some of the struggles, some of the challenges that you're seeing on your end.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think it all comes down to uh, underwriting, right? Like, you know, when you're looking at a deal, I think over the past couple of years, uh, some people tended to push a little bit more and then they should have just to win the deal. Um, and, you know, it's one thing to do, spreadsheet numbers and it looks nice on a spreadsheet, it's really easy to change like a four and a half to a four or, or wh- whatever it is, and that changes the, the spreadsheet. Making that spreadsheet happen in real life is very different. Uh, so you know we, we've seen a, a big shift, right? So a couple of years ago, uh, you know, intense competition, you put an LOI on a property, uh, you put in an offer, there's like 10 other offers, it's insane. It goes way over what you thought it would be worth. And you're leaving yourself wondering, hey, like, how does this deal actually work? How are these guys making money? We've now gone like the other way, depending on the market. Like, some markets are still quite healthy and are rocking and rolling. Other markets, we've seen a pullback. But now it's like, okay, the, cha- the challenge before was there's other offers and everybody's competing. Now it's the challenge is while well, these sellers are still living a, month, a year and a half ago in terms of values, and there's no way this deal works but you put in an offer and then they'll call you back in another three months and say, hey, listen, like we're still in the market, like can we work something out? So your strategies are just changing, but what I don't think should change or has changed is how we're approaching the underwriting process. Like we tend to be pretty conservative um, in the underwriting. Like we don't wanna promise a refinance in year two because as we have seen uh, in the past little bit, um, those refinances are never guaranteed. And so, like, you know, if the deal doesn't work without a refinance, does the deal even work at all? Probably not. But, you know, a year and a half ago, people were putting that in their underwriting because they thought it was a sure thing. So I, I think this is a good wake-up call or a, a good uh flashing red light being like, hey, listen, like we got a little bit um too aggressive. And uh it's time to like go back to the the basic foundations of underwriting, make sure we're we're using real numbers, planning ahead for. You know any type of market correction because if you're holding an asset for let's say five to seven years, um, there's going to be some choppy waters. So how are you modeling that um, in your underwriting?
1: Yeah, some great insights for sure. So like you know somebody listening to this, you know is probably super super interested in how in the, how you structured this, right? Because uh, here you are in Canada. Um, I'm guessing you are raising funds, uh, you know, from different investors uh, across the country to uh, put into your your projects. What kind of structure does that look like?
0: Yeah. So, uh, previous to um, to this top secret thing coming out, um, we, we were uh, following the syndication model. So, basically, a syndication is uh, done on a deal by deal basis. So Sarah, like, let's say you and I acquired a 100 unit apartment building and we had to go out and raise $10 million. Uh, we would raise that um, uh, for the LP, the limited partnership and the syndication. Those are passive investors. So we would be looking for accredited investors um, who meet the criteria. So $200,000 a year income, 300 is a couple or a million dollars of net assets. And we would be ra- raising checks from those investors to invest passively in the deal, um, the cross-border situation uh, that presents some uh, challenges because we want to avoid double taxation. Uh, so, any Canadians listening right now, ninety-nine point nine percent of the content on the internet is geared towards Americans. So, make sure you're working with an operator who actually understands the Canadian aspect because that's really, 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 really important. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the structuring is is. You know, it's a little bit more complex and you need to have uh, some solid cross-border accounting advice. Um, But yeah, that's basically uh, the structure we were using. And then the general partnership, the GP, those are the people actually running the deal. Uh, So in this case, in in this example, it would be you and myself holding the GP shares. Um, And we would um, run the deal. We would acquire the deal. We would put it under contract. We would firm it up. uh, We would have our business plan. We would then raise the money. Uh, with maybe a month um, month lead time, and then we would close on the asset and start implementing uh, the business plan.
1: Okay, very cool. I feel like you know with, and you don't have to answer, but I'm just going to take a guess that you're raising, you're going to create a fund. You don't need to uh, tell me yes or no. It's all good. We'll t- we'll figure it out at the at the the May events, uh, the multifamily. But. As you're saying this, I'm just kind of like, maybe it's easier to have that money ahead of time, potentially, and paid like something on it. I don't know.
0: Yeah. So, so I, I can't confirm or deny. Yeah. But, no.
1: That's that's all good. But
0: yeah. Yeah. So, so the the way we're approaching it is, uh, you know, we feel there's prime buying season coming up, and uh, the most there, there's a couple of efficiencies. Um, if we were to use a fund model, model. Um, number one, uh, you you've got the money there so you can act quicker. And if an asset is distressed, like I think we're going to start seeing, uh, we can act a lot quicker than, you know, having to raise the money in a month to month and a half. Like it's a whole lot more efficient. Uh, Number two, we're able to um, open this up and make it more accessible to more Canadians. So using the syndication model, we were uh, pretty much pigeonholed into working only with accredited investors. With our model now, uh, for... Canadians, uh, you'll be able to use registered funds um, so that, you know, RSPs. if you're stuck in a mutual fund, you're now able to uh, invest that. Um, and uh, non-accredited investors, we would be able to um, accommodate those uh, investors too, which uh, sometimes get uh, left out of these opportunities. So we're just uh, trying to make, the uh, you know, if we were to do it, it would be the most inclusive <laughs> fund possible uh, for it. Canadians and making it super, super simple. Um, and plus we have the, the U.S. side which is a little bit different, but for Canadians specifically, yeah, 100%. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors.
1: Experience Inspire Beach Resort. It is the resort that we have been building and it is ready. So if you are looking to host events, team building opportunities, retreats of your own, and just even potentially hang out with your friends or family or colleagues. You can rent out a cabin. You can rent out the entire resort. Inspire Beach Resort, it is an adults only. It is Canada's only themed resort specifically for adults. And the themes are really nice. They're really upscale. Like you have like the beach theme. You've got a rustic lodge theme and a vintage Hollywood. And we are adding more every year. But there is uh, an awesome space that is on the water to host your retreats, your events, your business meetings, planning meetings, all of that good stuff. So check that out inspirebeachresorts.com. Now back to the show. That's cool. You know, I'm I'm hearing more and more. I mean, the investors that are like heavy, you know, into this kind of stuff, like there's a few people creating funds out there. So, it yeah. is intriguing, it's interesting. I I would say you know, like maybe joint ventures and JVs are like the starting point, right? That, and then you move into like the GPLP structure and then you move into the funds. And like, I, I can tell you, it's quite compli- complicated. You definitely need a good team and a good lawyer and et cetera accountant and, and whatnot.
0: Yeah. You, you don't want to know. You don't want to know what we've paid on legal and tax advice. Um, the the charts, the org charts, everything get uh, quite complex because wow. of the cross-border i assume it's
1: probably problems. at least over 100 Gs.
0: Oh, keep going. Yeah. So.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, that's the it's, thing, it's right? Quite complex. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking at a JV agreement, a JV agreement, I don't know, like maybe it'll cost you a couple grand or whatever it is. Depends on your lawyer. And then your GPLP structure is yeah. what, like six figures just to get it set up. That just that that's a, without the fund, just GPLP structure around.
0: Uh, yeah, d- depending, like in the U.S., um, like you know, yeah, if you could get a syndication guy to do it for maybe. 50 grand or something like that just the basic bones but yeah. then you add in the uh, the accounting and, and all that kind of stuff with the cross-border yeah like we are significantly higher than that but we're like we're working with some top-tier firms um, because you know they they know exactly what they're doing they've done it before uh, we're just making our own tweaks to the model uh, to to create what we feel is going to be the best product out there for Canadians so yeah that's uh that's kind of what we're doing Um, really, really excited, um, especially for the market conditions coming up over the next, you know, six to 18 months. Like I I think we are, which is one of the reasons why we're doing things the way we're doing now, um, Mm -hmm. because we want to take full advantage of it.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's just, I think it's just important for people to be like, oh, I want to do this GPLP structure, but like, they don't realize how much money it costs. And like, it has to make sense for the size of deals that you're doing. It can't just be like a fiveplex. Like that would <laughs> that would just yeah. not work at all whatsoever.
0: Yeah, like like you have to consider a lot of things, right? Like what's your cost of capital? And, and depending on how you're going to source the capital, like that's going to vary the cost, how you structure it, that's going to change how efficient you are in terms of the raise. Like, you know, if you're doing a, a triplex and you need some money for it, like just finding a partner is the most efficient way to do it. Like the the structuring, like, that's the best way to do it. I also have people who uh, I know that it's, it's four guys and they'll buy these like 250 unit apartment buildings just among the four of themselves because like they all know what they're doing. <clears throat> they're all contributing uh, monetarily and they run it uh, as, as, a, as a group. They're not going to syndicate the deal because the deal doesn't call for it. They're They're going to partner on the deal, create a joint venture agreement and that's how they do their deals. And we're talking, tens of millions of dollars for these deals. Um, so it's not really, like the way I approach it is like you have four ways you can buy an asset. Like number one, you just buy it all yourself, which is preferred, but most people can't. Number two, you partner with somebody. Number three, syndicated. And number four, um, you you acquire it through a fund. Depending on the situation, like you can choose one of the four, sometimes two will work, um, but it, it's, yeah. Like, like you have to think about it. If If we're buying a 50 unit apartment building, we're not gonna raise money as a As a joint venture, a lot of people got in trouble for doing that. Uh, there's one case I know of that made uh, some national headlines. but I still know people doing it where you you're actually contravening the securities legislation by having a whole bunch of partners in the deal like like if if something goes wrong and somebody like uh, files a, a complaint or a report against you, you're toast because it's very clear what you're doing. you're basically syndicating the deal without syndicating it. Um, and uh, like there is absolutely no protection for you if you're structuring your deal that way. So it, it's just so important to get the legal advice from your mm-hmm. securities attorney. Even if you're not syndicating or launching a fund, you may actually find out that you are indeed syndicating without doing it, and you're, then you're selling a security. And if you haven't done the proper paperwork, then you're toast. So that's a very like long answer, but you have to, number one, look at the deal. What does it, what's best for the deal? Then you have to look at the cost of capital and and your efficiency and how you're going to deploy that. And then you have to look at uh, legislation like uh, is what you're doing? Are you actually selling a security? If so, you have no choice. You you have to go that route. So yeah, just just be careful. Like talk to the lawyer, uh, sit down And, and don't just talk to any lawyer, not even just like a real estate lawyer. You have to be very specific. Talk with a securities lawyer because they will be able to help you out uh, with the security side and the money raising side to make sure you are compliant
1: and and likely a good real estate investing lawyer might have a connection that they can share that they've might have worked with you know so if you don't know where to start for that because it is still a separate lawyer than your real estate investing lawyer then maybe just start there and see what recommendations and people that they can suggest and have a conversation
0: yeah like you wouldn't go for heart surgery with an ear mouth and throat doctor right <laughs> and it's basically the, the same the same thing, right? So. Make sure you're talking with that specialist because, you know, a couple of people have reached out to me and they're like, hey, listen, like, I got this advice from this lawyer. It's like, oh, OK, that's odd. Like, what kind of lawyer is it? Oh, just like my regular lawyer. Well, <laughs> number one, they shouldn't be giving you that, giving you that advice in the first place. They should be saying, hey, listen, this is outside my area of expertise. Um, and number two, like they should be referring you to somebody like you mentioned, um, instead of giving you something that's probably wrong.
1: Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah. So what's uh for your event? What are some of the topics that uh you are going to be covering? I mean, I know is speaking about financing cuz I, um I will, like preview we did some shoots for uh, a video that she is going to be presenting to everyone. Nice. So that was fun. We uh we did a few properties. Um but but aside from that, um you know, uh where and and what are we supposed to be uh, excited about? I'm sure there's lots and lots of great speakers, but what are some topics?
0: Yeah, we basically covered the full breadth of multifamily real estate investing. So that goes from financing, like you mentioned, to raising capital, deal structuring, uh, creative financing, how we're underwriting and analyzing deals, how we're going to manage the deals, how we're going to manage renovations. Everything is covered, syndication, funds, joint ventures, you name it. I've made sure the speakers I've picked is like, I handpicked the speakers. I've made sure everybody is uh, is covering their, like a specific component of multifamily investing. And, you know, like, let's say you're listening right now and you're, you know, you have some experience in real estate, but you're new to multifamily. Or if you're brand new to real estate investing, uh, what we're doing this year is we're hosting a full day workshop just for beginners in multifamily. So that's all day Friday. It's myself and a bunch of my friends. And we're going to be teaching you the basics. So that way, when like Grant Cardone, Jan page, you know, Brad. So those people are on stage, um, you'll be able to get more out of it and you'll understand exactly what they're talking about. So the workshop's really, really popular um, and we're almost at capacity for the room size we have. Um, so if you're interested in that workshop, like I, I, I said the same thing about VIPs and Platinums, like they're almost out, like same thing with the workshop. Like it, it's very, very limited.
1: Okay, so is that a link that you're able to send me and I'll just post in the show notes?
0: Yeah. So if if you click on Sarah's link in the show notes, it will take you to the main, uh, take you through uh, Sarah's special link uh, for the website, and you'll be able to access all of that stuff um, off Sarah's link. So just make sure you click Sarah's link in the show notes.
1: And and you get 10% off with it.
0: That's right. Yeah. You have to use code Sarah.
1: <laughs> yes. All caps. All caps. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Cool. Um, so this event, when is it? What time is it at?
0: Yeah, it's uh, May 26th to 28th. So we've got the workshop on the 26th and we got the 27th and 28th. Um, and it is at the Metro Toronto Convention Centre, right downtown Toronto, beside the CN Tower. I actually rented out the CN Tower for a special networking party we've got for the VIPs. Very and cool. then we've got uh, the after party at Rebel. So nice. I rented out <laughs> Rebel, which is going to be uh, pretty crazy because everybody enjoyed the after party last year. So this year we're going 10X uh, for the after party.
1: Very good. Very good. I mean, it's uh, a great location. You got lots of room and uh people can can go train and subway it in or whatnot, right? So
0: <laughs> Yeah, like if if you're local. Thought, yeah. Speaking of um like real estate square footage, like we've got hundred and sixty thousand square feet we're working with.
1: Nice so nice.
0: uh yeah, it's 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 quite the beast. <laughs> quite the beast. Very
1: cool, very cool. cool. Okay, any final last words of advice?
0: Um the entire multifamily world is coming to the multifamily conference. That's a room you have to be in. You will you will be unhappy with yourself if you do not come. So make sure you hit use Sarah's code, uh, Sarah, and then uh, click her link in the show notes.
1: Okay, cool. And w- if somebody wants to reach out to you directly for you know questions about multifamily, where can they go for that?
0: Yeah. So the best spot, go to my YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash Seth Ferguson. We've got like 350, I think, videos, maybe 400 now on multifamily investing. And you can also uh, find me on Instagram at Seth Ferguson Official.
1: Amazing. Seth, thanks for being on and uh, excited uh, to see how this event's all going to come together. And uh, we'll see you there.
0: It's going to be huge. (laughs) Thanks, Sarah. Thanks so much for listening to Where Should I Invest? with your host, Sarah Larvey. Make sure to listen in next time. We'll catch you on the next episode of Where Should I Invest?